welcome back to Chapter Chunks, a reading podcast where three guys read a book and then they talk about it. It's a really far out there concept. People ask me all the time. They stop me on the street. They go, Connor, I don't understand this experimental new wave cutting edge podcast that you're just like throwing out into the ether like the people just aren't ready for it you know yeah i mean a common response i get from from them after i tell them is like far out man yeah whenever i tell my stoner friends they're like far out dude (laughs) yeah no this i mean like i'm i'm kind of getting this feeling that we are um you know we're we're before our time yeah, as all great geniuses and artists are, it's like people just so. don't understand what we're doing these days. I, I think that's that's true. We are, you know, on the bleeding edge, as they say. It's not just the cutting edge. This is uh, an edge that has already been cut, and it's bleeding. It's the bleeding we, edge. We cut the edge. We did. You we know? cut the edge with our. We already razor, cut it with our razor and now sharp. It's bleeding. Our razor sharp wit. And, yes. Um. I, I mean, I think it's it's important to you know put into context like when Joe Rogan the famous podcaster joe rogan when he first started mm-hmm. his podcast former host of fear factor go on former host of fear factor as we know him is that why best he's famous? by uh <laughs> yes um when, when he started podcasting they didn't even know what what that was they didn't even call it podcasting no. then um no they, so, they said he was rogan casting no yes, one no one knew what was exactly. happening no one and, knew yes and uh you know i i have heard um from some people that uh they they feel the same way about us they're like they're like this is something new this is something brand new <laughs> um they're gonna are we gonna call it jump casting i don't know but uh yeah they're like whatever this is this is this is a whole new game and these and these chumps have started it they've gotten the ball rolling it, it kind of feels like we we have like crash landed onto an alien planet and the the ripple effects are still going on Yes, you know there absolutely. there are there are copycats. Every every great uh you know thing will have its cheap imitation, and let me tell you, they're out there. They oh yeah. But you're yeah. you're listening to the inception point. You're listening to the epicenter of all things reading podcasts right here, right now. The original, you might say. Hmm. And uh, you know, uh, you know, I I I think one day we'll go down in history as uh, as big or bigger than Joe Rogan. Yeah, we'll go down. <laughs> one day we'll go down in history. We'll have a due time, probably in the a same da- a dab of due time. Probably in the same way, we'll probably be known like in God, the same breath, know. in the same breath as him. You know, they're like yeah, like talking about the same things. You know, and like yeah, having similar beliefs and stuff. Like we're just kind of <laughs> All right, right. You know? okay. You're going too far yeah. now. They'll, they'll 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 be like wow, you know. Um, yeah, once once the smoke clears, once once the dust settles on this uh, to the wild west of uh, podcasting, there's going to be two titans of, of industry still standing. It's going to be Joe Rogan and the Chapter Jumps, and they're going to be like, why? Why are those you know two two podcasts still around while everyone else is falling away? The answer, of course, is because we both drink bleach, mm. and um, is that what he does and eat horse tranquilizers or whatever yeah i don't know 
I think that's what he does. I think I think that's his. He, lo- he think, looks like he. I mean, yeah. At, at the risk of like you know shaming someone for their appearance, like he looks like he does that. You know. Yeah, he does, and not even not in a bad way. Just like he, not even in a bad way. Yeah. Like he just if someone did that, they would look like Joe Rogan, right? They would. Like, he yeah. Looks like, no, yeah. Like it's like you walk down the street, like oh yeah, that guy drinks bleach every morning. You can tell. That guy is, you know, he's he's taking horse tranquilizer. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. looking at yeah. a, someone on the ambulance. Might, uh, you he know, might, he mean, might I, happen to be in an ambulance, yes, but it doesn't yeah, mean... If he's drinking bleach every morning, and yeah, he probably is. He, well, I mean, but he doesn't have to be a passenger. He could just be in the back advising the EMTs. You know what I've heard about drinking bleach, and here's the thing. Um, it's, that, it's a matter of building up a tolerance. So you yes. start off, you might only have, um, you know... Uh, like a shot. You start with like a, like a dropper. Like a, a dropper. I started with a, with a shot glass in the morning. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you you went whole, you went whole hog. You know. No. No. Not 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 whole hog. Because now I have like a big cu- big old cup. Like. Yeah, but still, I mean, that's a that's a strong start. As no, I know, I know. Yeah, you, you had a strong start. Because it's a matter. Of, I mean, like if you do it in like small doses, and then you build it up over time, it's like your body's like, oh, okay, like if I can if I can drink a shot glass of bleach, then eventually it's like, well, why not it? Why not a half gallon? You know. No. Yeah. I mean that that that's the the thinking and that's why so many people start out uh microdosing bleach you know mm-hmm. um and, mm-hmm. and just having a little bit throughout right. their day so they're so, I, you know they're in good form i really don't like where this conversation's gone i really don't don't drink bleach people well, well i mean I'm, 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 yeah no i mean what, what, i wouldn't i wouldn't tell someone to just start drinking bleach like like a gallon no, like you like, gotta start off small no, yeah kind of saying no, like a drop no seriously i don't like, like a bit like going. a drop we, you know can we drop this bit please i I want to talk about Lord of the Rings, and we only have twenty-seven okay, no. pages, and I don't want this to go another two what, and a half hours. What do you to talk suggest? About. Okay, but but so so Josh, just to get this straight, you wake up, you want to be healthy, get your day off to a good start. What do you drink other than the B word? I'm not going to say it. Don't worry, the B word. Water. Okay, that's that's a choice. That's what's, a choice. What's the B word? Bleach. You wanted to stop talking <laughs> about bleach. <laughs> I thought you meant beer, and I was thinking more. As like, oh well, that's a good morning. That's a good morning drink too. Yeah, morning that, beer. Yeah. <laughs> I also thought maybe being funny for a minute, just say bitches, but that is not the correct answer. No. Are those drinkable? I've never tried. Oh boy! I've never tried. <laughs> Okay. Anyways, yeah, let's, anyways, let's, let's move on. This I ain't is, touching that one. This is not a bleach podcast. There probably are bleach podcasts about the anime. The anime isn't that? Oh yeah, yeah. I was about to say I've heard it's a good show. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I I liked Bleach. um, You watched it up up until oh yeah. I mean, when it was coming out, I I watched. um, I I think it was like the first two seasons. Well, it did it did end and then I think came back. Was it on Toonami? There is a new. There was a new season last last year, I think. Hmm. Connor, was it on Toonami? I. If it was, then it would have been like when I wasn't watching Toonami any, anymore. Oh, but okay. no, I think it was airing. Um, I mean, I remember just watching it online, you know, like like freeanime.net or whatever the fuck. Um, Pre-Crunchyroll, let me tell you. Sick. Anyways, after after the Rukia retrieval arc, it's like fucking da- I mean, like this is kind of a common opinion, but it's true. It's like it's just it. it 
Yeah. Because it starts off, you're like, oh, wow. You're like, this is this is like modern day, you know, Samurai Yu Yu Hakusho. Like, let's do it. Um, and then, ugh, no, it does not. Uh, I I don't think it sticks the landing. Kind of goes it, the way. Kind of goes the way of Star Wars. Mm, <laughs> it's more like it becomes like Dragon, like the worst aspects of Dragon Ball Z. Just like how Dragon Ball Z is legitimately great until Majin Buu. Yeah, until Majin Buu, and Majin even Buu. like the be- the beginning of Majin Buu is yeah. like not. And Majin Buu has some great ideas. I mean, like I like the fusion earrings. Like there's there's some there's some real things in that that are still like great but nothing nothing ever reaches the the peak of the cell saga you know (laughs) because it falls victim to power creep and then that's what happens in bleach too so i I don't know i like how i know what you're talking about with dragon ball only because of the abridged series (laughs) (laughs) and your enjoyment of the cell saga has nothing to do with my enjoyment of the cell saga yeah connor does power creep mean like the characters get too powerful and it's not as interesting no, Essentially, they get powerfully yeah. creepy. It's 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 actually <laughs> quite disturbing. <laughs> Goku grows like, a mustache and starts driving a white van. It's like in actually, order to Vegeta grows a mustache and a bridge. <laughs> he does. It's pretty oh, good. Like, <laughs> in order, in order to like you know, still have conflict as the characters get perpetually stronger, then then they have to keep introducing like stronger and stronger problems, and so it. Eventually, it feels like it becomes meaningless because it's yeah. like, well, you know, we thought Frieza was like the strongest being in the galaxy or whatever, and they're the they're the ones responsible for like killing all the Saiyans. And it's like, okay, well, so it, it's cool when Cell shows up. Like, Cell Cell's a good a good character to bring in, but like, it's like after that, it's like if you just keep, it's like the whole. It kind of is a Star Wars problem. Once you have the Death Star, and then in Force Awakens, they're like, oh yeah, well, it's a hyper Death. What if the Death Star was a hundred times bigger? It's like, well. That's fucking stupid. You can't just keep making a bigger Death Star. That that it, it is the same problem. Yeah, yes, the Death Star Two was a bigger Death Star. I guess. De- okay. And I'll stand. You know, I don't want to. I'll get off my soapbox here. But actually, I'm a Death Star Two defender. I love the Death Star in Return of the Jedi. I think it's actually oh, a it genius move. I think the problem is that they <laughs> keep doing it. That's yes. the issue. I guess that's a... And, and uh, I'm including episode one in there, too, with, like, the fucking uh, Trade Federation ship that they have to... Bl- it's, like, all the same shit. That's a problem. But no, Connor, that came before the Death Star. But it's, like, poetry. It rhymes. Oh, crime <laughs> you know, What I was going to say was, um, I think that's just a problem that, um, like, most long-running franchises run into, especially if they're action-oriented, I guess. Yes. Which kind of all circles back to like Lord of the Rings. Well, no, I was actually going to say <laughs> I was actually going to say that I, I think that I think the truth is is that almost all anime is bad and that nearly all shonen anime are bad for exactly that reason. They, most shonen anime start off good because it's like an intru- it, it, you, they'll have like an interesting, unique concept and you're like, "Hey, this is cool." And then by the very nature, just like you're saying, it goes on for too long and then it they become the same, you know? Even, even in fucking Naruto, everyone's shooting Kamehameha lasers at each other at the end, and you're like, this but is not... If you watch the first fucking season of Naruto, that, though, do they? Not, it's they not the it. fucking... They don't say it, no! Okay. But it becomes They're, that. It's not the same goddamn you, yeah, show yeah. that it was. It is annoying. Kinda, it bothers me. Kinda, um, I'm going to say one thing, and, and uh, first off, tell me if you like it, and then tell me if you've ever heard it before, okay? Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Shonen Jump the Shark. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I love it, okay, and I've never you. heard it before. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, it's genius. I accept. I, accept I mean, I've, I've, uh, I, I know what you're saying. I don't watch as much Shonen, I think. I, I think I'm mostly in the Isekai camp right now. But there are shows out there that don't quite follow that. And they do something new. They stick with it. It doesn't feel stale towards the end. Uh, I'd want to point towards Steins Gate, um, uh, just off the bat. Um, but how long is that? How many seasons? How many episodes? Uh, it's there's technically two seasons now. Um, Twenty five episodes apiece, about fifty episodes total. I think so. Yeah, I was trying to remember the, the episode count. Compared I think it's a to most animes, it's 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 not a lot. It's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no compared think, to most anime, it is a lot because most anime run twelve to twenty-four episodes total. Well, we're talking about like um, long. I mean, like the other ones in the conversation, though, like the long. Oh yeah, like One like, Piece and Pete like Bleach are like a thousand and, episodes. That, yeah. That's too much. It's a different kind of tune. Um, trying to think what else I've been watching recently that isn't just a fucking isekai trash. Just going over the same bullshit. Actually, that's one of the good things. I mean, things. he said it himself. He admits it, yeah. people. I don't know. That's one of the. No, good I'm things, totally, um, I'm totally agreeing with you on the on that. But there are some exceptions. I was trying to come up with. That's that's one and of the good things I'm, in my mind about um, going to sh- shows that have like eight episodes a season nowadays. You know, it's like the high, highbrow TV is doing short seasons, like pr- prestige drama and stuff. Maybe that's yeah. something that anime should take a you know take a look at doing that, that anime has been doing that they they put stuff out in like 12 episode uh uh they call them cores and sometimes that one core is a whole season sometimes two are and i never figure out which one's which until i'm halfway through whichever one is currently airing i gotta say so. i just watched the curse and uh it was eight uh ten episodes it was really really good that's the last thing i All watched right. So remember when that. we started off this reading podcast? That's that's the Nathan Fielder twenty minutes show, ago, Connor. fifteen minutes ago. Oh, that's the Nathan Fielder show. Okay, cool, nice. So remember yeah, when we started our reading that. podcast fifteen minutes ago, and we haven't talked about the book at all, Connor. Yeah, you, yeah, you would I'm love ready. it, Connor. You 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 should watch it. You and Tony would like. It. Oh no, I'll definitely. I definitely am going to get around to it because I obviously you know Nathan Fielder is great. I really loved watching the rehearsal when yeah. I when I got around yeah. to that. Maybe like. I don't know. Was that a year ago? I watched I that think, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And or two? Uh, I don't know. Obviously, Emma Stone is in it. She's terrific. It's it's. Uh, I'll say no more. I'll say no more. You know, I'll say no more. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, I, but I, I guess what you're trying to say is like, you know, the the curse would make for a good anime adaption, right? Like Absolutely. Anime Nathan Fielder. Yes. Anime Nathan Fielder. Yes. Yes. That, that yeah. that's what I was getting at. Yeah. Someone should get on that for sure. I know. Shonen Jump the Shark. That's pretty funny, man. Hey, That's, thank you. I'm here all night. If, uh, I don't know. If if we talked about anime and, like, had enough followers, like, that could really blow up, you know? That'd be, that's a good one. True. Something to think about. All right. So let's talk about this book. Let's talk about, um, Return of the King. Return of the King. <laughs> We should title this episode, We Talk About the Book Eventually, We, we Promise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is that I mean, J- Josh, Josh, you do, know, you do know we don't title any of the episodes, right? You, you I do know. Like to, I you know. do like to suggest episode titles a lot, but like you know we haven't I done know. that for like years, right? It's been years. That, no, that's, it hasn't that's what, been not, years. That's what Paul's been. It's, it's been, been a, a few months. Uh, it, 
a few months. Not it's a, been a not, year. Not even a it's, year. All maybe come almost on. a year. If it's not, it's got to be pretty damn close. If it's not, because I mean, like you consider how long we've you, been reading this start yeah, during no. the Hobbit. Yeah, and I agree. I agree. I would agree with a year. Years plural is what maybe like stop and consider. Okay, you're right. Anyways, you're guys, right. I I have a goal with this episode. Um, I think I I want to make it our longest one yet. Fuck no. This is literally the shortest amount of pages we've read since fucking uh, 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 Hitchhiker's Guide. And that's exactly why we should make it the longest episode. No, I want to go watch other things tonight before I have to go uh, to bed. All right. Y- you're going to go watch your trash isekai anime, Josh? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> nice. I'm watching Dead Mount Death Play right now. It's actually really entertaining. Dead Mouse? Uh, Dead Mouse. I am out, I am out of the loop. Is is that like yeah, I don't know EDM, how I how it got on my radar, but the EDM guy Dead Mouse is that his anime? Mount, oh, not mouse, Dead Mount. God, you remember Dead Mouse, right? Uh, I remember Dead Mouse Five. Yeah, I was, people people don't really call him Dead Mouse Five. Who says that? That's though? his name. No, that's his. Dead, what do you mean? Dead, Dead Mouse stylized, you know, in the funky millennial what? way. What? Dead Mouth Five. You're what telling me that? this for the first. You're telling me this for the first time. Actually, that reminds me, Josh. Are you excited yeah. for Tren? What? <laughs> Tren. <laughs> what Connor? It, it reminded me. Are you excited for Tren? I don't know what you're talking. He's about. He's taking the Mickey, Josh. He's taking the Mickey Mouse. He's he's talking about <laughs> he's talking about Tron Three. I had no idea that was a thing. I haven't seen any Tron movies. What? That's no, not I true, haven't. Josh. I yeah. I I mean, it's one of those franchises I've just missed. I swear to God, mm. you were excited for the first Tron movie. Well, you I mean the not the first Tron movie. You mean, but you mean like the the reboot, like the, re- the reboot, yeah. Tron Tron Legacy. Sure. Yeah. No, never I, saw it. I'm thinking of Ready Player One. I think. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, you were excited oh. for that one. Those are not the same, Connor. I think there are Tron like Pretty much. It, though. No, no, they're different. They're two different things. Nuts. All right, let's talk about Return of the King. Return of the King. Lord of the Rings. I know we started this podcast, uh, you know, really talking about a lot of different things, even, even talking about Star Wars, but we ain't talking about Return of the Jedi. We're talking about Return yeah. of the King. Do you think the name Return of the Jedi was inspired by Return of the King? Um, it was originally Revenge of the Jedi, so no. Well, that's, that, that, well, that's well, not. That, that doesn't mean that it wasn't. It just means that there's another idea that that was originally parsed. I'd say you're right about that. But no it's confirmation. Not not, re- said, not really proof. He says, is all, it's he says not non-committally proof, you know? not specifying who he agrees with <laughs> i'm agreeing with connor <laughs> you know i'm just all i'm saying is it's just not proof that it isn't inspired by it just because there was another title you know yeah i mean third in a trilogy right it kind of i mean it kind of feels like what if, maybe it was a nod what if uh you know like reading through tolkien's letters or whatever it's like oh like what if this book was eventually called revenge of the king wow <laughs> imagine imagine that yeah how, how much egg would be on Josh's face? I don't, it would be. No one's throwing any eggs. It would be. I mean, it it would be 
kind of a repulsive amount. Like you yeah. would never want to see this amount oh, of egg. A on A lot man. of egg for one man's face. <sighs> it would be. <laughs> I mean, like whatever you think is too much, double that. You mm, know, yes. like it's just way overboard in terms of the amount of egg. Like, yeah, for, for sure. real, for real. What were we saying we do here? What do we? Um, this is a reading podcast, egg, believe it or not. Egg, egg podcast. <laughs> it's, an egg, it's an egg podcast. Boys, how do you like your eggs? Oh, this is a great, this is a really great question. I, um, okay, so I started off, like, being really into scrambled eggs, and I was getting to eggs, you know, as a, as a, as a youngster. <laughs> As when youngster. you were getting when into I was eggs, first getting into eggs, yeah, you know, <laughs> that phase of your life, uh, yeah. I was really into scrambled eggs, and um, I still, I still do love scrambled eggs. Um, but then as I aged up, you know, I got a little bit more experimental, and I was, I, I mean, you know, Connor, I, I, I love a good omelet. I, I'm, I, I, was, yes. I, I became a big omelet man. Um, yes. And then recently, uh, there, th- th- I, 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 I like little like egg muffins. Like you make eggs in like little like the little muffin uh, cooking. Oh yeah. Sheets, and then you know you can almost you can like put, a quiche. I, I believe. Yes, you would yes, call a it. quiche. Yes, yes, precisely. Put cheese and bacon in them, and they're they're very they're yummy, portable. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of my current egg fixation. I, 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 I really do not mean to call you out, but just since we're having like an egg discussion here, it just feels like you kind of conveniently glossed over what what I consider to be your sort of like sick fixation. Oh, on okay, eggs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah, maybe we just weren't going to talk about that. I, I mean, like it, if it this is an egg podcast, Connor, then I think we have to bring it up. You it know? wasn't it's a by podcast. It wasn't on purpose. I know this is an egg podcast, <laughs> so I will honor that and uh, review. Yeah, I, I I do love a good boiled egg, not because of not they're 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 not really tasty. You know, they taste fine with salt and whatever, but they're just they're so easy, so portable, um, so small that I I sometimes forget about them and leave them in my, my bag and then. And Which then later gross. on, I'm like, why you leave my, your bag in your car? Why does my bag smell like egg? You know, yeah, like, you just have yeah. hot eggs just yeah. <laughs> you know, just fucking locked and in so your bag. That's just... a regular occurrence of my life, and uh, yeah, it's a, it might be a problem. I don't know, man. The thing is, is like I I kind of respect you for your your open and unabashed appreciation of hard boiled eggs but like you know they have a bad rap right like oh they yeah no 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 I, yeah i know that it's 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 kind of like a shameful thing you know it's kind of a little it's it's kind of like my way of sticking it to the man you know yeah yeah this, like, is, this is your rebellion yeah you know? like i go to the gas station and i buy one of those uh hard boiled eggs like wrapped in plastic and i know i'm the only one that day that's buying those and like yeah what, like when was the last person that bought these i don't was it it, it was you know. you it was you yeah yeah, yeah probably and uh it's, it's like that fucking ryan johnson looper movie like it was the whole t- it was you man was you're the, the last time. person who did it and you're yeah. the next person who's gonna do it too i'm the hard hard-boiled egg looper yeah yeah no i think uh you know thank you for calling me out on that connor and keeping me honest uh, i i appreciate you as a as as a friend you know Sometimes friends have to, uh, we have to have those hard conversations, so. A hard-boiled conversation. Hard-boiled conversation, you know? yeah. yeah. But, I mean, if, we're, if, if, if we truly are going to have an egg podcast, like, I just think it needs to be uh, an, an honest discussion. As I well, couldn't you know? agree more, buddy. Um, so, Connor, what, what's your favorite egg, uh, egg configuration, oh egg God. preparation? I got I to gotta tell you, so, I mean, I, 
I've not had as many like true eggs. I'm vegetarian, so I can yeah, I can yeah. eat eggs, and, and I have, do. You have been for the last but, t- t- two years now. Um, yeah, that was my 2021 New Year's resolution. So, so even Over I don't know. Years. This will be my this will be my third year, right? Getting into getting into my third. Um. Anyways, my wife's vegan, so um, at at home I usually. I'll, I'll eat like the egg substitutes and like the just egg patties are actually really good. I love having like a, a breakfast sandwich with one of those. But if I'm talking about an actual egg, I love a sunny side up egg um, where it's, it's, but it's, you know, you need to like cook it so the white part is like burnt. The edges should be like crispy. But then the yolk is still like runny enough. It's a delicate balance, you know? And then all, all you do is put a little salt and pepper on there, whole thing. And then you put that you put that fucker on a piece of toast, and with a little you put the you you get a piece of toast, you lightly butter it, and then you put that egg on top of it, and you have like a little open face, sunny side up, salt and pepper, lightly buttered egg sandwich. It's the fucking bomb. The it's way great. you describe that, it makes it sound really appealing. I've just always been very averse to uh, like the runny eggs. I don't know. It just I, I don't I, I don't I and, and I've had them before and I have enjoyed them but just it's yeah. just the thought makes me you know it gives me pause I get it I don't want it to be like dripping everywhere like I I, I don't know but but if you're gonna especially like with a piece of bread like that I think it's important yeah to have it that way so Josh what say you I am wanting to read the book or talk about the book we read Okay. Now, now, just imagine. you want to you want to talk about you want to talk about the book on the egg podcast? I'm confused. Egg chumps. <laughs> Somehow it works. We, we, we are going to be spoken of in the same breath as Joe Rogan one easily, day. Easily, <laughs> easily. Okay. All anyways, right. Okay. Anyways, For real. Let's, let's For let's real. Ship in. For real. Here we go. Oh God, here we go. All right. Chapter nine. The last debate. Who knows what they were debating about? Could have been eggs. Could Gun have been control. Star Wars. <laughs> Connor, do not open up another can of worms. Please. Don't do oh, it. Okay. We're just going to assume that Aragorn and Imrahil and Gandalf, they were all talking about, you know, the their favorite anime. vaccines. No, they were talking about anime. Yes, anime. Um, Gandalf is a, a tried and true uh, Cowboy Bebop dub supporter. He is just like, he's. that's it. You know, he doesn't really care about anything else. He's like, you can watch the movie if you want, but you don't even have to. It doesn't matter. It's just a fun little aside, but otherwise, 25 episodes, that's it. One and done. Damn. One and done. Um, I mean, I guess you could throw Samurai Shampoo in there, too, for good measure, but... Thank um, you. Imrahil, he is a complete shonen slut. He's like, oh, man, you guys watched the latest episode of Hiroaka? And it's like, Imrahil, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, Imrahil. Aragorn doesn't watch anime. He only watches OVAs from the 90s. That's his deal. So, I mean, he does, but he doesn't keep up with it. Very cool. Okay. All right. I guess we're done here. The last debate. The last debate. 
And no, we're not talking about the the last uh, 2024 <laughs> presidential debate coming up in October between Joe How Biden and How long has Donald it? When Trump. did we start podcasting? When did we start? I've been running my recording for 28 minutes. Oh, criminy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> Oopsies. Oh, fuck. Oopsies. Okay. Chapter 9, the last debate. <laughs> <laughs> So, th- so this chapter. Um, okay, so Gimli and Legolas uh, get to Minas Tirith, and they're like, "Hey, where's uh, Mary? You know, we wanna we wanna meet up with Mary and Pippin and all that." Now, you know, people are people people are reconvening now that the battle of the Pelennor Fields has has ended. And um, so they're brought to the Houses of Healing, and um, yeah, they uh, they end up hanging out outside and enjoying the the sunset. They can actually see the sun and see the morning. Well, you know, I guess I think it's like yeah, I think it is a sunset. It doesn't matter. They see the sun, and um, Mary and Pippin are like, hey, so like, what uh, what is the deal? with what you and Aragorn were up to. Like, you guys just came on these boats and stuff, right? And they're like, Gimli's like, oh, well, I dare not speak of it because I was a, you know, I was a huge fucking loser and I'm scared of ghosts and stuff and I'm embarrassed, you know? And Legolas is like, come on, you know? If you're having an egg podcast, you know, you got to talk about it. It's no big deal, you so know? True. We'll talk about it. So, um, so Legolas kind of gets the ball rolling and he, he talks about, um, you know, essentially where we last knowingly left off with Aragorn that that chapter that ended with like um just after he recruits the dead army and you get that awesome line where it's like he was lost to mortal sight so we 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 get caught up on um on what happened there and essentially you know they are uh making their way to the the Anduin to the river but they're much much farther south uh southwest I believe from Minas Tirith and they know that's where they need to go at some point you know it's like I, I, I guess Aragorn um, he's looked into the Palantir and all that already so like he knows unleashing his forces and that like you know haste is needed to to make it there and on the way they're recruiting other men uh, of that area, the Lebanon and others. But also there's like a whole bunch of ghosts following them the whole time. So people are kind of freaked out, but they're like, okay, I mean, Aragorn's the king, right? So he's kind of uh, growing his army as he as he goes along. And eventually they do make it to uh, the riverside where the Corsairs of Umbar are, these pirates. Um, and, and they are cruel men, you know, wicked men of the South or whatever. And uh, to to get their ships, Aragorn unleashes the ghost army. And, and then they, like, fucking either they kill everyone or they run away in fear. Um, it's a bit of both. And so Aragorn, uh, you know, commands the fleet that has been abandoned or captured... And they they ride up the river with uh, you know uh, as much as much haste as they can and 
And when it seems like they're not going to make it, uh, you know, that fair wind that some other people had remarked on before uh, ends up blowing and, and carrying them to there. And then Legolas is like, hey, and then you know the story. That's when we that's when we landed, and then we killed everyone. Good stuff. Um, and then we get uh, the latter part of the chapter where it cuts to Aragorn is still in his tent outside of the city because he does not want to claim the throne under these conditions like he does not want to cause any more internal strife or chaos given that like you know there's a the the final battle between good and evil going on so he's like i'm just gonna chill out here so um aragorn gandalf imrahil aemir and perhaps a few others the 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 captains the leaders of the various armies and forces there have a meeting discussing like okay what's our next move like what needs to happen and Gandalf is like well we know that we can't win by fighting even even all our forces combined are not going to be powerful enough to defeat Sauron so if we just wait here for Sauron's forces to retake Minas Tirith we're all going to die um so our only hope of victory is Frodo succeeding in his quest and destroying the One Ring. And the best way that we can ensure that he's able to do that or has the best shot at doing that is by drawing Sauron's attention away from Mordor and, you know, toward us. So we're essentially going to take all the people that we can spare to create a giant... Um, uh, a giant decoy, you know? And so they they decide, yeah, they're going to march about 7,000 people led by um, all the captains and leaders that are gathered there in order to distract Sauron, essentially, and possibly die. They accept their, their potential fates. Um... But they're like, hopefully not, right? But they, but they pretty much, they pretty much accept the possibility, e even maybe the likelihood of it. Um, and and they just hope that you know this this final long shot of theirs can succeed. So the chapter ends before they actually set out to do that. They they just decide that that's what's going to be done, and then we sort of get the follow up to that in the next chapter. Yep. Yeah, that wasn't that long. We should have just done that summary from the beginning. I know. Yeah, what we should have. What was stopping us? I don't know. Josh had a lot of stuff to say about Star Wars. He did. He did. He always does. That's okay, though. I said most of my bit about Star Wars before Connor Mack even showed up today. Uh, what about all the uh, anime stuff? Just, uh, just felt like that was really distracting. I don't know. I didn't start that conversation. <laughs> all right. I don't know. I mean, I guess we could just go back. We we can listen to the, it's on record. You know, I don't I don't know who started that, but I I just I, feel like you you probably watched the most anime out of the three of us. That's all. I do kind Prob of. Feel, I, I am not denying that. <laughs> I kind of feel like um, Aragorn does have three boiled eggs every morning. What makes you think that? Just because he's he's kind of like oh I'm not gonna fuss with the, with breakfast I you know just gonna spring to action I'm gonna feel my feel my body the easiest way I can and just get get to work. 
And then, and then <laughs> you know, I mean, do whatever his workout regimen is. Probably very similar to Joe Rogan's. Right. Is that kind of how you see yourself? Oh, yeah. Right. It's like a health <laughs> yes. nut. You know, I'm pretty sure um, back in the early 2000s when... Um, when this was just coming out, uh, Vigo Mortensen as Aragorn had a like an egg promotion deal. I remember seeing that commercial. He's like, three eggs, you know. No, he's no. like have have three eggs. No, Connor, that that was Orlando Bloom in in the and uh, in, in the in the commercial they called him Eggless. <laughs> oh yeah, it, yeah, and it was. Uh, How could I forget? It wasn't for eggs. It was for for egos. Yeah, right. Lego, yeah. <laughs> Lego, my Legolas. Yeah, yeah. Legolas, it's it's easy to get those things confused, but yeah, I'm glad yeah, you very remember. much so, very much so. Um, uh, you keep reminding me of the fucking uh, Stonecutters episode of The Simpsons, where the stupid little egg guy running around. It's like, oh, those egg creeps <laughs> got to you too, huh? Egg creep. Is that like power creep? No, it's literally like a guy in an egg costume who run, who's running around. I think we're I I think we're seeing egg creep in action here. It's it's where a podcast introduces the idea of <laughs> of egg talk, and eventually it just it just becomes the major like the the whole thing. They they just yeah, it, it just only about becomes eggs. about eggs. It doesn't matter yeah. what the podcast was about originally. No. It has become about eggs. It's become about eggs, yeah. and once you introduce that idea, it's it's already too late. It's kind of like how, you know, some people like to say that, that um, you know, all living things will eventually evolve into some form of crab. I, I think all podcasts will eventually be about eggs. Yeah, I mean, it just makes sense. It just makes sense. It's like, what, it's like what came first, the pod or the egg, you know? Yeah. Um, anyways, I'll give my thoughts about that chapter. Oh, please do. Please do. I don't want to get distracted Chap- again. Chapter nine. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, you know, I, I thought it was, it's, it was cool getting Gimli and Legolas back in the fold and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I did kind of find, um, the retelling of, of, you know, Team Aragorn's tale a little bit too, um, out there and, uh, abstract or I, I don't know. It didn't really engage me very much, I guess. Um, I mean, maybe a little bit hard to follow or disconnected from everything, which is okay. Yeah. Like, like I don't, you know, I kind of almost wish that that it was even more um, mysterious, where they were like, "No, I don't want to talk about it." Like, and there, there was like some sort of secret to it, but right would have been a bit more tense. But uh, um, yeah, you know, I I I really really love. Um, kind of gandalf summing it all you know summing their summing their um plans up because before this point i i kind of was like well where do they stand you know we we are we're seeing these glimmers of hope we uh you know we're maintaining that the enemy is super powerful but uh you know i I, it's been a while since like it's it's straight out and said like oh they are gonna crush us or oh we, we we like we can win you know and so this this kind of um uh, settles things in in my mind, and you know it's 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 a brilliant idea to kind of distract them. Obviously, that that falls in line with what we know of um, of Sauron and uh, yes. his powers. That that you know they see the worst in people and they assume that you know um, 
uh, the 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 impulses that that they might have will you know be the undoing of the people on the the other side and so of course they think you know Aragorn and company are going to rush and and strike while the iron's hot to to you know gain power but um but yeah you know it makes sense to to do that now so so maybe some way somehow they can just you know distract the the enemy while uh while Sam and Frodo get rid of that darn ring right um so yeah i mean it, it it was a it was a decent enough chapter for me. Yeah, I get that. Um, I I want to talk about a few things that you mentioned, but the the first thing I just want to touch on quick is I like your idea about how like um, may, maybe it would have been interesting to keep something about Aragorn's uh, journey secret because originally they didn't want to talk about it, and it would be. It's just funny because. Even when when I was reading this chapter and Gimli is like, oh, no, I dare not speak of it. I'm like, someone's going to fucking talk about this story because there hasn't been a single goddamn event in these books that Tolkien hasn't been like, sit down, motherfucker, because you're about to hear all of it. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great point. It's not his style to withhold. No, no, Um, which I think is fine. Like, it's it's um. It's something that, you know, he's known for as a writer and, and it's part of um, why the larger fan base, I think, is is partly so enthralled with Lord of the Rings as a story is because, like, it feels it feels like it is complete. You know, like, if you have a question about it or if you're like, why, why does this character do this or, like, what happens here? Um, th- somewhere there is a more than likely satisfying answer and um that that kind of brings its own uh intrigue and i think it's more of a modern uh not completely but i mean like i i think that there sort of has been maybe a renewed appreciation for for stories that opt for like uh you know less yeah coherent or or less completely uh finalized conclusions where it's up to interpretation of the audience yeah no i think you're right and and also you know if if every story is told within these books then like where are all the spots you could you know set a disney plus exclusive lord of the rings spinoff well i'll tell you where it because they're making it (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah there's um i mean i suppose yeah still still plenty of opportunity but in terms of like the beginning to end of lord of the rings seems to be largely covered yeah for the most part but but i do think it's an interesting idea like hey what if they really you know didn't do that it's like yeah um i think that would have been maybe worthwhile in its own way but but it it also would have been very unlike tolkien yeah no I, i i totally agree with you there um and yeah, you know, for 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 his his quirks or flaws, whatever you want to call them, it's it you know, he he is very much of his own, and and it's it's refreshing in the sense that it's it's not like modern storytelling, I guess, and so maybe that's the the part of my brain that like is 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 used to um, more modern uh, stories, and um, yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, maybe so. Josh, you were really excited to talk about Lord of the Rings. You were like, let's get to it. Even on an I egg was podcast. excited to move away. From, <laughs> I was excited to move away from the rambling beginning of this. I podcast. know. I'm just, I'm just excited to. hear. It sounds like you probably have a lot you want to share. I'm just wondering what your thoughts I... are on the chapter. You know what? What is it? Let's hear it. Oh man. So yeah, I think Connor went a lot deeper than I was ever planning to talk about. I just had a bunch of fucking jokes. <laughs> like the beginning of this chapter is just Legolas and Gimli. We just catch up with them after hearing they got off the boat, and it's just they're, they're just looking around Gondor and or Minas Tirith, and they're just like, you know what? They should hire us to be city planners because Gimli is just talking <laughs> all about like you know what? We can get some dwarves in here. We can make this town something to look like something strong and that'll last forever and Legolas is like you know get some elves here we'll have gardens that you can write home about yes and yeah. it's just like the two different like types of city planners is like here's where we can build stuff and here's where we can grow stuff yeah their commentary was funny and I also I like how the, the chapter opens Tolkien has a mention of um, like the sunrise the morning you know coming finally and Legolas and Gimli are there and I'm like wow Two things that have been largely absent from Return of the King so far. <laughs> the Light and Legolas and Gimli. Yes. Uh, like, literally since they followed Aragorn into the the Road of the Dead or Path of the Dead, whatever it was, Highway to the Hell or whatever, um, <laughs> they, they literally have shown up twice. And that's getting off the boat to enter the battle and then smash cut to them entering Gondor after the battle. So Yeah, their their roles have been very small in this story so far. Yes. Um although in the in this first couple pages here they do have some they, they do wax poetic about uh the the quality of men, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I think it boils down to uh, Gimli thinking that men start strong, but they, they wane or, or fall with time. And Legolas countering with, um, be that as it may, they will still outlast us all. Us being the, mm-hmm. the elves and the dwarves. And they, like, they're more, they may not be as fine or highborn <clears throat> as other races, which goes back to what we were talking about last week with Tolkien and everything being mildly racist if you look at it one way or another. Um, and, and being more like durable to the hardships yeah. of the world. It is it is true and I think we I, I feel like I remember when we were um, first reading Fellowship we talked about this a couple times and there hasn't really been any reason to bring this up since then but it's also interesting considering that uh, this this story is supposed to be like the distant past of Earth, and so yes. it is it is kind of funny to have these characters say like, "Oh yeah, you know, well the 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 humans like you're saying will will outlive us in the end," and and like we kind of are meant to be those people reading the book, you know. Which one of us is the descendant of Gon- uh, the, the King of Gondor? Just doesn't know it. Uh, probably none of us (laughs) probably none I don't know I don't think it would be me 
so not it i mean if you if you say it's you then, then it can't Those be you goes. right so <laughs> yeah well everyone was been saying it's not him kind of depending that's, on who's listening that, no, th- that's a good point actually no no that's 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 like what i mean like if if you were then it would be like arrogant of you to be like oh well it has to be me right you're right Anyways, uh, Legolas is terrified of seagulls. Yeah. <laughs> Did, do you remember uh, Galadriel telling him anything about beware seagulls or anything back in Fellowship? Because I had no memory of him. Yeah. Of that. They, they had the whole conversation about the beach and uh, the boardwalk and stuff and bird shit. Right. It's, it's going to steal the hot dog yeah, out of his it's hand. It's going to steal his hot dog. <laughs> I was going to say pretzel, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is funny. Was... Yes, go Josh, go on. No, I was going to get into serious conversation. That was the you... beach episode chapter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you and I were, were probably going to say something similar, Josh, because it, it, Legolas references Galadriel talking to him about it. But no, I do not personally remember her saying that. Like, I don't remember reading that. Neither do I. And it could just be that it's taken us a year to get from there to here. I think uh, they've oh, yeah. all had imaginary conversations with Cladriel in their head, though. I think like they all think they know her a lot better than they actually do, and like have connected on a deep personal levels that are just in their imagination. Yeah, well, she did telepathically like talk to them right before they left. Did she though, or did they just have a crush mm. on her? Yeah, I mean yes, to both. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, it sounds to me that she warned him that the seagull will like it still so like start something he can't undo ever and he mentions it, it's like yeah it's like now that i've heard the seagull like i the apparently elves are just like drawn to the sea eventually and uh have to go away this is a concept i know from the movies but have no idea like like i can't grasp why they have to go west over the seas like well, it's because that's where they're originally from. Is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I believe so. When they, when they always talk, just... when they talk about like the lands of Numenor, and you know, uh, they, they always talk. Yes, yeah, like they're they're. I think essentially saying that um, you know, like elves and the men of Numenor and all that. Like they they all are really originally from this other place and that's the other thing too like i think we've i think we have talked about this before too but again it just hasn't been relevant but um you know for a long time i thought that middle earth referred to like more like uh, the chronology like the time period of it but i'm pretty sure like um it's it's a geographic location like essentially you're you're meant to understand the larger world that tolkien is describing is that like Middle Earth itself is a continent that is, you know, in in the middle. Like there, there are land masses disconnected across these oceans on either side of it. I believe. Oh, you think? And, you're thinking east, west, north, south. I I thought more yes. like, like cosmologically, like oh, like Midgar, Middle Earth. That's that's how I thought of it. Right. Yes. But no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so um, at, at least I don't believe so. So um, when they when they talk about like these other continents and Numenorians and yeah West Haven whatever it is not Connecticut, um, 
Yeah, that's that's what they're talking about. You know, their their homeland from ages and ages past. It's just Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> so so there, there's sort of like a, uh, I don't know, like a cultural slash biological longing within them. Hmm. All right. Yeah, well, we see that in Legolas in this chapter, I guess. Yeah. And it's just like, I heard the magic seagulls, and now I magically, like, have to go. My people need me. Yeah, it is. It just is funny. Like, I don't know. I can imagine. And it happens. It, feels... all, it, it effectively happens off screen. It does. For lack of a better term. Like, it, it, we don't see that happening. He just tells us later on, like, yeah, I heard some seagulls, and now I just, I, I want to go right. to see. Yes. And, and on top of that, like, Legolas is 100% serious, you know? Like, you get the impression that, like, a seagull is just, like, casually walking by him, and he just <laughs> falls into this state of, like, deep melancholy, and everyone's just like, Legolas, it's a seagull. It's okay, yeah. buddy. It's a beach chicken. Yeah. He didn't even see the ocean. He just heard the seagulls. Sorry, I'm fidgeting with a pair of pliers. I'm going to move those. Yeah. So, yeah. Legolas is apparently... Uh, his kryptonite is a bird. Yeah. A, I mean, a it's, loud, a loud bird <laughs> that steals bagels. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I just don't get the impression that Tolkien thought it was funny. And so that's, it feels like there's a disconnect where like the text yeah. is like, man, Legolas is really going through it right now. And I'm like, we all know this is stupid, right? <laughs> like it's yeah, a seagull. No. I was very affected by it. Actually. I, I, I really sympathize. Well, Connor, you yourself have uh, a history with seagulls. I, I, I know their horrors better than most. I know. <laughs> better than most, yeah. No, you, um, that does not surprise me that, that you would feel that way. Thanks for understanding. <sighs> Anyways. All right, so uh, what else? Well, what do you got? Um, so yeah, when they're talking about the plan, uh, Gandalf is uh, basically like telling them about Sauron and what he represents to them. And I, I found it interesting. He mentions that Sauron is an emissary of evil, not the source. Um, yes. And he goes on to say that it, I, I guess to paraphrase what he says, he's basically like, um. He is only the evil we can vanquish now. Others will rise up later that others will have to deal with. But this is the one that we have uh, any control over. Uh, and it just happens to be a really fucking bad one. Mm. Yay us. Just just a great pep talk there from Gandalf. Uh, right. as, he, as he leads up to the, the whole plan of we're going to be bait. Yes. And that, that's my next note. I was like, all right, men, we're the distraction. <laughs> Yeah, the whole idea of, uh, especially here at, like, the, uh, you know, climax of the story, like, we really are at um, the final stretch here, and I thought it was interesting for Gandalf, and then obviously by extension Tolkien, to kind of reframe Sauron as... Uh, something lesser than than what he's been portrayed to be you know I, like usually as as the stakes 
get higher and you're reaching this point of like you know dramatic tension you would want to inflate the the, the obstacle or the antagonist or whatever it is you want the problem to seem bigger uh and and yeah i don't i don't think anything that uh gandalf says here really diminishes sauron but it does kind of change your perspective on like oh well he's such a big threat like he is still as dangerous as he was before but you're kind of meant to reconsider like Sauron's not the ultimate evil. He's kind of just like some guy, you know? He's like the personification of evil in our time. He's not yes. evil itself. Which I, th- I think is like switching because he's kind of been built up as the personification, as the devil. Right. Um, but he's like, no, he's just Hitler. Yes. Yeah, no, I mean, it does <laughs> feel like Hitler. It does. He he's He's not... He's not the entire Sith Order. He's just Palpatine. This is not in a, a World War II allegory, guys. Sorry, Tolkien's told me himself. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. He likes to tell people it's, that. It's the Kaiser, World War One, Right? Yeah. Was World War One Germany the Kaiser? Sure. Yeah, you know, Wilhelm. The Kaiser Chiefs. Ah! Uh, Predictably um, the other thing about the whole emissary deal, I thought it kind of, um, there's been a lot of characters where like, wow, you know, they're sort of a, a reflection of Gandalf or like that's, but it, it made me think of how Gandalf has called himself a steward of, uh, of, the, of the land essentially. And when he comes back as Gandalf the White, um, he, as he tells his story, it, it pretty much sounds like there's there's these forces at work greater than than any individual that um, may influence events, you know, in order to kind of achieve something or to influence something. And Gandalf is sort of the what you would consider to be the good extension of that. And Sauron here is, uh, you know, essentially described as the other side of the coin, where there's a evil cosmic force that's, you know, maybe maybe uh not necessarily like you know doing its bidding but um but it but it sounds like there are like larger things at play that have their own agendas which you can kind of think of as gods i suppose and and they are battling or working through these other beings and and it is interesting to consider gandalf and sauron to be um conduits for that here yes I would imagine that's probably some of the kind of things that gets expanded on in the Silmarillion, but almost certainly. Yes. I I think you've touched upon some of the the things that I kind of know from some videos I watched like five years ago. Um, But I don't really want to confirm or deny anything since we're not at the end of the book yet. I don't know what's what for certain. Right. So, but it is interesting. It is. I do have two quick notes at the very end of this chapter. Sure. Um, let's see. Uh, one of the, the guys, I forget, uh, Imrahil laughs loudly. Surely he cried. This is the greatest jest in all the history of Gondor. Um, he mentions that they should ride with 7,000 uh, scarce as many as the vanguard of its army in the days of its power to assail the mountains and the impenetrable gate of the Black Land. 
Um, so yeah, even though they're going with 7,000 soldiers, it is not a lot. Um, yeah. And my note here is basically uh, Imrahil basically says, this is a joke, and I think Aragorn responds with, yeah, but not a funny one. <laughs> um, and then uh, Aragorn takes out his sword and basically says, uh, you shall not be sheathed again until the last battle is fought. And my thought during that is, what's he doing with the sword until then? How is he carrying it around? Is it just like in his hands the entire time for the next, as we find out, three, four days until they get to the Black Gate? Josh, and actually on. start battling? Don't be naive. We know where he puts it. It's not sheathed. We know where he keeps it. Where do you think he keeps it, Connor? Up his ass. It's not sheathed. Oh, I know. He's a masochist. He likes the... He likes the pain. I I did anyway. think that was funny, too. Because... In the next chapter, it just... Tolkien doesn't comment on it again, which kind of feels like a cop-out. Like Yeah. Like he says, it's a cool thing to say. It absolutely, yeah. Like I'm not, I don't want to diminish how it's a really badass thing to say. Um, but practically, it, for someone who's as practically minded as I am, it, it comes across as like, but is he just going to hold it the entire time? Right. What about turns, when he's sleeping? Just, right. And then it's like they're they're several days away from their from wherever this battle's going to take. Regardless, is he just going to like have it out on his lap while he's riding on his horse? there's actually there's and there's another there's a specific part in the next chapter i was going to mention on this because Mm -hmm. when they meet with the emissary with the mouth of sauron there's that part where the mouth of sauron says something like oh you know you can't attack me because like the rules of battle or whatever (laughs) (laughs) and then tolkien has this line that says like uh, you know, they said this, yet none of the 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 force like had their hands on their weapons or anything. Oh, and yeah. so, so Tolkien even actually has a specific line referencing how Aragorn is not at all holding onto his sword. So it okay. must be sheathed. So it's fucking stupid. Or being, or being carried by someone else. But I mean, that's just a. A loophole, essentially. Like, just sheathe your fucking sword, dude. I I just thought of this. What if it's, like, still on his belt, but not in the sheath? Like, it's just kind of, like, in a loop around the hilt. Would that count as sheath or not? It would be stowed, but it would be... <laughs> this but is, the blade this would is be a out. crazy thing to get hung up on, guys. This is insane. No, 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 no. Derailed us for ten minutes about eggs. that's the egg podcast this is what's what's crazy about it is that tolkien is the one who chooses to write about he didn't have to include that at all he chooses to include it and then says nothing else about it and so you're like what the fuck well no it doesn't make any sense the line is cool enough to to justify it not making sense i think yeah really cool yes Okay, but it just is weird because there literally is a line in the very next chapter that seems to imply that Aragorn is not at all holding his sword. So where is yes, it? It god. must be put yes, away I, somewhere. You're no, such I a agree fucking with you. nerd. Oh my god, who gives a shit? 
We're all reading Lord of the Rings and talking about it. We're all nerds. Hi, Nova. Yeah, and? Hi. I'm just saying. All right. Uh, yeah, so, so there's that. And then, Josh, when you were talking about... Um, Immerhill laughs. He thinks that the, he's like, oh, you know, kind of a, you know, uh, in 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 the face of like certain peril, it's like all you can do is laugh, right? Not only does Gandalf say like, oh yeah, you know, we're really doing it, but um, he has this other line, something to the effect of like, there are names among us worth more than one thousand knights. You know, Sauron will not laugh, <laughs> and. Uh, Gotta chuckle, what a dumb way to die. Good one. But it's another another thing. We've talked a lot about how Lord of the Rings is very clearly a story of uh, legacy and divine right, and pretty much all the characters are related to someone noteworthy. Legolas and Gimli are the the sons of characters who we had met in The Hobbit, so on and so forth. Like everyone, kind of has their own name, their own legacy that they that that sort of grants them their power. And um, I don't know. I guess I just thought it's like on the one hand, yes, we're acknowledging that the characters that we have here are are very powerful. But I guess it. I don't want to quite say it. It paints the other soldiers as like disposable but like it's Gandalf's point is not that the army is useless you need to have the army right but he's like man like Aragorn you're worth like a thousand regular fucking idiots that no one cares about <laughs> so yeah. obviously that's that's not Tolkien's point that's not his intent but like that I think especially as like a modern reader too is sometimes moments like that can come off as like well you know there's a there's a reason that um like no one really buys into the royal family anymore like everyone knows it's a fucking joke but back then it, it uh, wouldn't it wouldn't have like uh you know it, it would it would certainly have more legitimacy than it does now so that that's more of like a cultural tides than anything else but yeah Mm-hmm. So, Josh, was that all your notes? That was all my notes for that chapter. It's a short one. It is. Connor, wh what about your notes? Um, my notes were um, I I okay. So um, I I just wrote down about how uh the the issue with the boiled eggs too is is uh when when you don't um you know crack them open after they're boiled like you know and 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 it gets all uh you know dries off uh because i was taught my grandmother taught me to to um put the boiled egg under under water and and kind of uh crack it open that way it's like the 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 um eggshell is easier to come off but when i'm in a rush is usually when i'm making boiled eggs so i don't really i don't have time to to you know crack them open before then so then you know, I, I, I get to my lunch break or something. I'm like, okay, I got my boiled eggs. I, I just end up having a, like a bunch of, um, uh, first off, eggshell all over my car. And second, um, in the process of like cracking them open and, and like deshelling it, uh, I, I rip off chunks of the egg, them, you know, the, 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 like the egg itself. And so I, I 
only eat an incomplete boiled egg. And so it just, it just kind of one of the troubling things about, about boiled eggs to me. Hmm. Have you ever had that issue with, with it? It just kind of, I haven't had a boiled egg in probably about two decades. Wow. Two, two decades ago, what happened to you? Um, I was, I didn't really peel them myself. Was, uh, my mom would make mommy. me boil eggs. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know what I, you know what I would do back then? I didn't like to eat the yolk. So I would have a boiled egg, but I would cut it in half and I would scoop the yolk out. So I would just eat the white part. Are of you fucking egg. kidding I, me? No, I'm not. That's crazy. That's no, really I funny. remember it very clearly. That's so funny. I was like, I don't want this chalky yolk well okay because because usually when when the eggshell gets stuck and and you know chunks are kind of taken off um you know while i'm trying to de-shell it um a lot of the time i i only end up with with mostly only the yolk and so i only have like the sometimes i'm just eating a little yellow uh circle <laughs> for lunch it's like not enough to eat <laughs> you know what the fuck, man? That's crazy. Yeah. All right, I got I got a few more notes on this chapter. I want to I want to go through relatively quickly. Um, Please. Let's see here. So, um, one thing was just like the chapter itself. I liked how I'm, Tolkien's done this before too, but I like how. Um, Tolkien is sort of simultaneously giving us a dialogue scene and an action scene at the same time because it's like the the events that they're describing obviously have already happened, but we're learning about it for the first time. So I, I guess I liked how it kind of serves as, hey, uh, Gimli and Legolas and Merry and Pippin. It's like they're finally coming back together, so it's very natural for that, for them to have this conversation and it kind of kind of feels like you know they're old friends getting back together and it's good for like their bond and then also as like a reader it's like okay like now you get to learn about this thing that you didn't know about and it's like sort of an action chapter at the same time because it goes over like the battle and stuff with the ghosts <laughs> so i liked that um and um, and in fact, like Gimli, I'm pretty sure is the one to mention this, but when he's talking about the ghosts overtaking the pirate forces, he has a line saying that, um, with, with its own weapons, they were worsted or something like that. We've also kind of had this recurring idea of, Hey, you know, the power of the forces of darkness is kind of undone by its own strength. And, um, feels like that's carrying that a little bit there too, because Gimli is is sort of mentioning or or referring to the ghosts as like this dark force, even though, of course, they're fighting on behalf of uh, Aragorn. And so on on that note, I wanted to talk about the ghost army quick because. Oh yeah, they're barely in the book. <laughs> they're barely in the book, and their oath is fulfilled. By the end of this, you know, not, not, yeah, by the end of this chapter. Um, After they defeat the pirates and before they beach, reach the yes. battle at Gondor, which I have no memory of the ghosts from the movie except for, like, the scene where they 
like burst from the boats, which would imply to me that it's after they get back to the to the battle. Yeah, that may be changed. I know what you're talking about because I have a similar memory, but it's like obviously who knows how it really plays out. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Connor will find uh, out in two months when we watch the movie. <laughs> but I did think for the for the purposes of like this book and how they function within the story here, it did feel like it felt a little flat to me. Like they go through this whole thing of like, oh, the paths of the dead, oh, you know, and it's this whole deal of Aragorn needing to recruit not even like it's like this this battle is so dire. And the odds of, uh, you know, victory are so slim and Sauron's forces are so overpowering that, like, not not only is Aragorn recruiting the living, like, he literally has to fucking call on ghosts to help fight. Yep. And then, ultimately, they just get them some boats. And it's like, well, so these yep. ghosts have just been lingering in perpetual torment for countless centuries just so they could help some guy get some boats free some slaves get some boats use the former slaves to power the boats <laughs> but they want to do it now yay yeah um mm. so it's i did feel a little torn because i do think the way tolkien writes about it is cool I like like the imagery of the ghosts like walking over the water and they're kind of like this wall of fog, you know, and you could see their red eyes gleaming and Gimli says he doesn't even know if the ghosts can actually harm people or not and it doesn't matter because their foes are so terrified that you know they they either retreat or they're in such a frenzy that you know they they're just routed completely. So uh, I, I think the way that Tolkien, Tolkien handles the writing of it is cool. I just felt like, how could the, like this is the payoff? It feels feels like it, yeah, it just doesn't make a lot of sense story wise. Like you would think that Aragorn would would hold them to their oath and bring them at least to Minas Tirith. Like it does feel like Minas Tirith should be the fulfillment of the oath. And yet he's just like, hey, thanks. You guys are, you can go. We have the boats. Thanks for the Rest boats. In, Rest in peace. So it's very underwhelming. I yes. thought. I agree. Connor, did you give a, sh a shit or is that, is that too nerdy for you? No, I mean, I <laughs> had nothing to do with eggs. So I, I, I shit. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know how it's how any of that's portrayed in the movies or or any of the expectation maybe is from the move seeing the movies but um I mean just this this chapter in general I I did have the thought that um that the action was underwhelming or fell flat okay yeah well um yeah I, I did I did think so too. There, there, um, there was points where I'm like, I think the book is like losing me. I think the story is losing me, and then, yeah. um, and then, then uh, Gandalf brought me back during this chapter, and then the next chapter is I was pretty much on board again. Right, I see. Yeah, no, that, that that's that's fair. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's too. It's like it's such a cool idea. It's like I love this idea in Return of the King, of Aragorn having to recruit a ghost army. It's like yeah, like that sounds fucking cool. Cool. Why isn't it cool when it happens in a story? It's just better in your imagination. I think it's all better in your imagination. The idea is a lot better than execution. I I think that's true in this case. Um, Okay, so later... Legolas mentions... There's this quick passage I wanted to read, and then I think even um, maybe there's something else that, uh, that that they build off of this. Oh, uh, Legolas remarks, he says, In that hour I looked on Aragorn and thought how great and terrible a lord he might have become in the strength of his will, had he taken the ring for himself. Which, you know, is interesting that um, he's remarking on that. But, um, But then later, I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, in my copy, it's page 156, just a little bit after. Oh, right. Um, Gandalf is saying that, that Sauron might think that they already have the ring. And, like, if they were to strike and launch their army, that that Sauron might assume that they're doing this because of their arrogance in having, like, a ring lord, he calls them. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> and almost a roll credits. <laughs> and there's a few true. And there's a few things here. He, he says, um, We must push Sauron to his last throw. We must call out his hidden strength so that he shall empty his his land. We must we must march out to meet him at once. We must we must make ourselves the bait. Though his jaws should close on us, he will take that bait in hope and in greed, for he will think that in such rashness he sees the pride of the new ringlord, and he will say, So, he pushes out his neck too soon and too far. Let him come on, and behold, I will have him in a trap from which he cannot escape. There I will crush him, and what he has taken in his insolence shall be mine again forever." We must walk open-eyed into that trap with courage, but small hope for ourselves. For, my lords, it may well prove that we ourselves shall perish utterly in a black battle far from the living lands. Um, I feel like maybe there was one more thing I wanted to read. Maybe it's this. His eye is now straining towards us, blind almost to all else that is moving, so we must keep it. Therein lies all our hope. This, then, is my counsel. We have not the ring. In wisdom or great folly, it has been sent away to be destroyed, lest it destroy us. Without it, we cannot by force defeat his force, but we must at all costs keep his eye from his true peril. We cannot achieve victory by arms, but by arms we can give the ring bearer his only chance, frail though it be. Um, I'm not going to keep just reading through passages. There was another part in there, too, that I thought was interesting, where... Um, Gandalf says something like, Sauron, if he knew that, or if he thought that they had the ring, he might even hold off on attacking them because 
they would like all kill each other and then only one ring lord would be left in the end to the feet because like they would dwindle their own forces in lust for the ring which i thought was um interesting yeah just another interesting idea Obviously, it's not something that happens. It's just something that Gandalf says Sauron might be thinking about. But anytime someone talks about what Sauron might be thinking is very intriguing because we get so little of it. Yes. And it's usually like they it. It's strange how predictable he is. Of like he. Yeah. Like they, how easy they can predict what he's thinking and how they're using that to their advantage to. uh circumvent his expectation what they think his expectations are and uh, uh, uh try to destroy the ring yes yeah in my mind the reason why that works instead of feeling like like sauron is just one note or foolish it's like you know doesn't doesn't sauron know he's being played or whatever like shouldn't he be smarter than that um i think sauron is ultimately the most corrupted by the ring. And so just like how every time Smeagol slash Gollum was with the group, every, you know, you're always like, you can't trust this motherfucker. You know, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop always. No matter what Smeagol does, no matter what he says, no matter what his actions are, you're always like, he only wants the ring. And Sauron, I think, is portrayed as much more powerful and much more composed and much more influential but ultimately, he's even more corrupted than Gollum. He, too, only wants one thing. And so they're able to play that to their advantage. So I, I think it would be easy for Sauron to feel like a Saturday morning cartoon villain or whatever, if not for what what is maybe... What, what maybe feels like kind of a basic uh, flaw or or influence now, but but I think like given the story that we're reading, I actually think it makes him much more interesting to consider that um, you know he's he's not like some grand all-knowing master of darkness. Like he's like if Gollum had an army. That's kind of what I think of him. Hmm. Yeah. No. That's a good. That's a good take. I, I hadn't really ever thought of him in comparison to Gollum. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 definitely an interesting to think of, you know to think about. It's like Gollum kind of, sort of remembers himself before the ring, or you know, does Sauron remember himself before the power? Great question. I don't know. We still don't. We've never gotten any like indication or answer as to what he even was. Or when, you know? Yeah. Th those are all questions that have not been answered thus far. Yeah, um, I think all that being said, that's, you know, we, we, we really touched on everything else. Um, but I do think it's an interesting, you know, especially the conversation they have with the captains at the end and Gandalf sort of laying out, like, the two the two outcomes it's like either we either we try to distract sauron and die doing it or we do nothing and wait to die like that's it 
Yep. Um, so it does feel like a very desperate last ditch effort um, that they, you know, they, they, it's a noble undertaking, but they don't even know what's going on with Frodo. We don't even know what's going on with Frodo. Nope. But yeah, it's, it's a good way to, uh, I think we have something to talk about that in the next episode or next chapter. No, the next episode, this is a two-parter. We'll see you all next week. At folks. the length we're going, yeah, might as well. No. Connor said he wanted this to be our, our longest episode yet. I did actually, so I think we're 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 right on track. Um, uh, you'll be happy to know I, I only have three notes for the next chapter. It should be wow. I, yeah, should be I have quick. five, but they're pretty quick too. All right, let's take a break. All right, we'll be back take after two. after a message from our sponsors. Okay. Chapter 10, The Black Egg Opens. So, Egagorn, Egagorn, um, you know, leads his army north and, uh, you know, the, uh, through a long and perilous journey, they, they meet the Egg of Sauron. Yes. And, um... And this is they're, it's, egging, it's not just, they're egging him on. They're egging him on, and he's not just any old egg, though, either. He's, he's like the... The king egg, yeah, yeah, and all cracked out, cracked out, yeah, yes, uh, burnt, you know, like a really ugly looking egg. Yeah, yeah, horrible egg. Uh, they tell him to go to shell. You know, <laughs> they do. They're just like, <laughs> you know, they're like, you got egg on your face, buddy. Oh man! Fucked. And uh, instead of calling themselves the Fellowship of the Ring, they 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 call themselves the Egg Cream Dream Team. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Tolkien's final name for the company. Yes. Yeah. Fully realized. Nah. Okay. Let's really get into it. So, chapter ten: the Black Gate opens. This is really just describing the actual uh, execution of the plan that they discuss at the end of the previous chapter. And it's worth noting, Mary. Mary wants to go, but he has to stay behind. He um, is still recovering from his battle with uh, the Lord of the Nazgul, and so like he, you know, he he feels kind of a mix of emotions because yes, he's done something uh, very noble and and hard fought in the service of uh, Gondor, but well, the service of Rohan, I guess I should say. But um, he, you know, he wants to do more, and yet he sort of, he has to be the one to stay behind while Aragorn, Gandalf, Gimli, Legolas, Imrahil, and Pippin, mm-hmm. among about 7,000 other troops, make their way north to be decoys, to be bait. And a lot of this, like, first half of the chapter is just describing them, like, marching and what it's like. But this is, it, it's a short chapter, thankfully, but there it still is about, like, half walking around in the woods bullshit. Because they keep saying, like, oh, man, it feels like something's going to happen. But then it doesn't. There's, like, they don't, they go, like, uh, fucking... 50 miles without ever even seeing anything. Nope. Yeah. Um, so, 
mostly it's just Tolkien describing like how they're feeling and the landscape and you know just just the uh, the minutia of an army traveling for miles on end together which you know it's, you know I pretty like unique in a, in a Lord of the Rings book it's a pretty unique <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you like that part where we had five people <laughs> traveling across hundreds of miles? How about we do it with 5,000? <laughs> yeah. 7,000. Yeah. Um, I did like the part where they uh, they just kind of stop at the intersection where uh, Sam and Frodo were uh, and saw the decapitated king. And they're like, let's clean this up a bit before they moved on for a day. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it's it's cool because there's like kind of a sense of place. You know, you... Mm-hmm you know that the, the characters in some weird way are sort of crossing paths temporally. It feels like they've, they've been to these, these same places and yeah, and then they, they fix it up, which is nice. You know, Aragorn is making things better as he passes through these lands. Um, they do get into like a small scuffle, uh, here and there, but essentially they make in it the all same, the way North in the same place where, uh, Faramir ambushed the men from the South. Yeah, true. That's right. But, but eventually they do make it all the way north, about 100 miles, I think they say, to the Moranin, the Black Gate, which also, you know, we, we remember is where uh, Sam and Frodo were, were led to initially with Gollum. And then it's like, well, they can't just walk through the fucking gates. They're going to be killed or captured or whatever. So that's, that's when they had their whole figuring out, you know, the Sirith Ungol path. And we know where that, we know what happened there. But hey, here's Aragorn and the others and the army. They're they're at the Black Gate, and um, they announce that they are you know here. And hey, look at us! We're over here. Yeah, <laughs> and Sauron, uh, his his forces don't strike immediately. He sends out um, a small emissary party, and so we get this character said to be human but they seem like very twisted and yeah deformed almost um they're known as the mouth of sauron and uh him and a few other uh, members of of this emissary party come out and they exchange words they say like hey you know uh here's here's some trophies of the hobbits you know we got them and they show I don't know, like the elven cloak with the brooch and Sam's sword. And so they're like, oh, you know, are they dead? Do they really have them? Blah, blah, blah. And um, the mouth of Sauron kind of lays out these terms where the essentially... Mithril Mail, the Mithril War. Sorry, that was the other That's thing. right, yeah. the Mithril Mail. And, and they, they, they lay out these very one-sided terms where it's like, okay, we'll give you back the hobbits... If you surrender everything and lose the war and we just win and that's it, like it's over. And Gandalf's like, that seems kind of like a bullshit deal. And um, so they, they do not accept the terms and and instead uh, Gandalf like reveals himself as Gandalf the White and there it seems like there's about to be this battle, you know, um, and so the mouth of Sauron retreats and then the, the battle kind of begins in earnest. Like they retreat and then it turns out, oh, Sauron's forces were gathered here the whole time. He did take the bait. And so 
There's, there's like men coming up from the south to flank them, and people are pouring over the gates, and um, yep, trolls. You, yes, there's cave trolls, right? And you, you just like suddenly get this feeling. It's like it, it felt like this giant area was empty, and now they're surrounded by like thousands and thousands of uh, of foes, and it's like on the one hand, yeah, that's exactly what they wanted. You know, the plan worked. And then also it's like, oh, no, oh the well, plan worked. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck, you know, like, I guess we probably are going to die. And so, yeah, importantly, there are cave trolls that that kind of rush forwards. And, you know, sadly, they kill Baragond. He falls here in battle. And Pippin, in retaliation, kills the cave troll that kills Baragond. And then they say they just say he fell. Say, yes, well, that in, yeah, I mean, that in usually a stuffy old English term, that means he's dead. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so uh, Pippin, a- after he kills the cave troll, it kind of like topples over on him, and he starts to lose consciousness, and the last thing he hears is that the eagles have come. And Pippin's like, the eagles? That's crazy, because that's like what Bilbo talked about. That can't be right. And then uh, he he loses consciousness, and that's the end of the chapter and the end of book five. Oh shit! Yeah, hell of an ending. Absolutely, it was a great great note to end on. A great cliffhanger. Yeah. After all that walking around in the woods, right, Connor? Yeah, I mean th- this this chapter really uh, saves itself in the in in the final. Uh, Two pages. Yeah, yeah. It's it uh it, it piqued my interest, um, quite a bit at the end there. Um, I mean, you know, one of my favorite scenes. The car probably, chase began. Yeah. No, uh, it pr- probably one of my favorite scenes uh, for the, maybe in this book. I don't know. Um, was really? uh yeah, just you know Gandalf um, kind of standing strong um and then the just i'm i'm worried about pippin i you know i don't want pippin to 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 be dead or or hurt uh maimed or anything like that you know i think um of course he has to after he has his own merry moment he has to get fucked up right yeah yeah, true enough. Josh, what do you make of all this? Um, I kind of remember the whole confrontation in front of the Black Gate. That was one of the scenes that I do remember a bit from the from the movie. Um, the stuff leading up to it, not so much. Um, I thought it was kind of. I don't know if it was funny to me at the time, but it's like when they when they get up to the the intersection and they're like, "Oh, you know what the." The Midas Morgul's right there. Let's go knock it down since all the the people who were inhabiting it are now like dead. <laughs> yeah. And sure. then Gandalf's just like, wait a minute, no, let's not do that because then Gandalf will be, uh, or Sauron will be looking over here, and that's kind of where we think the, the the hobbits may have gone. So let's not go this way. Let's set up a guard here and put a seventh of our forces back here, and then we'll go up to, and follow the original plan. And you're like, all right, Gandalf, crazy yes. old man. Um, there was something about reading about 
how they didn't encounter anything until they hit that uh, that quick ambush, where it actually did feel uncanny to me while I was reading. Um, and I was beginning to wonder: Is Mortar actually like holding back yet more hordes as they expected, or could they actually have managed to weaken Mordor in the in the fat battle for Minas Tirith? Um, and, and they, they were just like diminished, like Gondor's forces. Uh, found out later, my, my next, second to last note is, uh, per my previous note, uh, it would seem that they were worse, uh, it was worse than they feared. <laughs> yeah. There are more people than they ex- feared. So, yeah, but that whole stretch where they weren't encountering anybody was legitimately uncanny while I was reading that. I could start to feel that uncanny nature uh, feeling that I imagine they were going through. Kind of like a valley. Definitely. You feel like you're going through a valley. Yes. A bit uncanny. It's a different. (laughs) Yeah, indeed. (laughs) Um, And, you know, you know what I liked about that, uh, that portion too, is they said that they knew the Nazgul's were above them, but they, they weren't even screaming like their characteristic shrieks. Right. Which they, they just felt their presence. Yeah, like they knew they were there, right, even though they weren't. And well, it, it Legolas, kind of... Legolas could see them. He's like, hey, guys, there's Nazgul's above us. <laughs> just letting yeah, you know. See. And then they're all like, yeah, oh, 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 so that's what that vibe is. Yeah, okay, of course. Yeah, right. Feel <laughs> Feels like Nazgul's, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. But it, uh, it, is, it is kind of, like, freaky because you know that they're powerful and they, they you know, they could they could attack and they're choosing not to and it to me it sort of felt like um sharks just like circling in the water and it's like you or vultures yeah vultures right which i think they are compared to right josh but it's like you (laughs) you know they're you know they're there but they just are not choosing to strike yet and like it's almost it's almost maddening because you know their capabilities and it's like just you know get it over with like it's the it's the anticipation, it's the tension that that's that's really scary about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So, how did they get the the Hobbit's effects? Because last we yeah. saw, Sam, uh, Sam and Frodo were Frodo was half dead, paralyzed, uh, being dragged by the orcs off to. Not Minas Morgul, but another orc city. Um, and Sam was yeah. close behind and invisible because he was wearing the ring. Yeah. Yes. You and you have to assume have, that they're they that they're kidnapped or or dead. I I think this is one of the rare instances where we see the results of the the, the story yet to come. In yeah. Tolkien's writing, mm-hmm. uh, like a, a tease of what's to come, and we're about to flash back in book six to the end of book four, <laughs> right? And uh, we'll, we'll see how they lose these effects. Hopefully, they just get naked and run away. And I was like, we're leaving all this shit for them, and we want to be that's light what, on our feet. What all the shippers want. <laughs> <Just get> <laughs> Um, yeah, be like, oh wow, this this uh, Frodo and Sam relationship was really explicit. <laughs> what do they call that? Do they call that Fram or Samo. 
<laughs> I've never, I've never heard of uh, such a thing. There's got to be, be a name out there. Yeah. Fram. <laughs> Fram. <laughs> Fram yeah. Dresher. Um. Anyways. Shut the fuck up, Connor. Oh my God, you've anyway. just been. A menace tonight. Uh, yeah, no, I just like that part of the the story. The the chapter came up, and I was literally just saying to myself, "Well, shit, how did they get these?" Like, because mm-hmm. I I don't know how that happens in the in the movie at all. Um, and then the fucking eagles show up, which I wasn't expecting the eagles at this point in the story. Mm-hmm. I know it's a whole fucking meme about the eagles show up at the end of the movie, but it's like, wait. That we're halfway through the book. How 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 are the eagles showing up now? So I wonder if this is concurrent with events I know are happening in the movie mm. when the eagles show up. And so, I thought they were yeah, talking I about guess, the the band, the eagles. Yes, the band, the eagles show up, flying in and fly over the battle, playing. Uh, fuck, I don't know any other songs off the top of my head. Hotel California. Hotel California, baby. That's what it was. Yeah, okay, I thought so. I, was, I didn't want to make myself sound like an idiot. But just get... The the, um, the the interesting you know uh, part of this is like, you know, and, and I think Gandalf knows too. He's he's wise enough to know, like, uh, again, if if they had the ring, if, you know, like, if they actually had the hobbits, if they, you know had them then they would have the ring then they would have all the power then like they would know right like yeah yeah there there would be a major change in in the scenery and the atmosphere and everything um right they they, they, they wouldn't, wouldn't even be doing to, this no they wouldn't have to taunt them with their their you know artifacts so um in that way you know our our team still has the upper hand yeah that's true and it is like a shocking moment him. for the party when they yeah, see this it stuff. Is. Yeah, Pippin cries out. Gandalf tells him to be quiet. Uh, I was I was just rereading it while you're talking, and it, the the voice of Sauron, the mouth of Sauron, calls them spies. He thinks Gandalf set them in as spies. So yeah, they don't mm. have the uh, um. Dude, he they 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 don't have the ring. Is what yeah. get, is easily surmised. Like. I could tell that just by reading, but Gandalf presumably has figured this out as well. You know what is interesting, though? I kind of felt like in this moment that maybe maybe this should be the moment where Sauron recognizes that the Hobbits must have the ring. Because if their assumption is that the Hobbits were sent in just as spies... Which, one, would be, like, not a great plan anyways, because it's like, what are, you know, spies, really? But whatever. Okay. Yeah. But so if so if the hobbits don't have the ring, then it would mean that, well, hey, this this army, you know, like, Aragorn must have the ring, or... Yeah, he probably thinks Aragorn has it, because Aragorn is himself in the Palantir. Right, but now, the mouth of Sauron and others, they're face-to-face with them. And you would think they could sense it. They'd be able to know or right. So it's like, oh, yeah, you know, would they potentially realize in this moment that 
oh, they really don't have the ring, so it's like you kind of put two and two together. Because they know the ring's been found, you know? So it's like, oh, like, so then the hobbits must have it? Um, I'm not saying I think that that's really what should have happened, but I, I did kind of catch myself thinking, like, maybe the, maybe there's, like, a kind of risk, too, of, like, showing yourself in this way, because if you had the ring, if Aragorn had the ring, like, wouldn't he be using it? You know? Yeah, or or it would be, and sense. yet it's not happening. No, no, I think you're, I think you're right. But also, at this point in the game, I feel like even if that was a risk, that's just something they have to, that's a risk they have to take, and hope that um, Sauron is too confident in his own idea of what's happening that he doesn't even clock it. You know? Yes, which I do think is what's happening. Yeah, here, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. So true enough. Um. All right, so I just have a few notes here, Josh. Do you want to start, or should I go through a couple? Do you, what do you I've What do you want to do? Most, I've gone through most of my notes already. I only okay. have more, and it's about the very end. Just questions I have, and I was I was just like looking at the chapter titles coming up, and okay, I think things are about to like pick way the fuck up. So um, we uh, we've we've sometimes focused in on Tolkien's language here before, but there was just like this one moment here I wanted to shout out quickly. In my copy, it's page 163. Um, they're describing... They're describing the uh, the black gate itself. Uh, and it says... Um, let's see here. Where should I start reading this line? But south and now near loom the great rampart of Sirith Gorger, and the black gate amidmost... And the two towers of the teeth, and tall and dark upon either side. And so it just feels like Tolkien's describing, so like you have this giant gate, and then on either side of the gate are these like giant sort of watchtowers. That but Tolkien refers to them bangs. as the two towers. That reminds yeah. me of something. Yeah, yeah that, yes. that also caught my attention, where it's like, oh, there we go again, two more towers. Yeah, so I was just like... Why? Why refer to those as the two towers? They're not even the two towers that you were writing about in the last book. Why are you calling them the two towers, Tolkien? Yep. Why? Why? Why did we finish reading the book, the book, and have no fucking idea what the two towers were specifically? And then we watch the movie, and it's like, oh, they refer the two towers are Barad Dur and Osgiliath. Okay. That's clear now. No, it's Gilead, it's the city. Oh, uh, Orthanc. Thank you. Orthanc. Yeah. Um, and yet here in Return of the King, Tolkien's like, yeah, I'm just going to throw in, I'm just going to throw in this quick Two little... Two more towers. Yeah. And we'll call them, uh, I don't know, the Two Towers. And I'm just like, fuck you, Tolkien. So I had to say that. Just a little bit further on, um, once the battle is about to commence... It's the the forces are upon them. Uh, Pippin has this thought. He says, or he thinks to himself rather. I wish Mary was here. He heard himself saying, and quick thoughts race through his mind, even as he watched the enemy come charging to the assault. Well, well. Now, at any rate, I understand poor Denethor a, a little better. We might die together, Mary and I, and since die we must, why not? Well, as he is not here, I hope he'll find an easier end. But now I must do my best. And I liked this moment because yep. 
Obviously, Pippin is the one who is serving under Denethor, and, you know, Denethor kind of went mad, and we got the whole pyre and everything there, but, but I like that in this moment, uh, Pippin feels like he understands him a little bit better, because it's like, well, if you, if you truly believe you're facing certain death, then he's like, I guess there is a kind of sick logic in... <laughs> Uh, having the autonomy to choose your own death, like there is a there is a power in like denying your enemy that thing and and enabling yourself to to choose the time and the place. Right. And so Pippin's like, hey, you know, I thought Denethor lost his fucking marbles, and you know, sure enough, yes, he was he was crazy, he was under a, a madness, but. But in this moment, Pippin's like, I love Mary so much, I wish we could die together, since we're both going to have to die anyways. And he's like, huh, I guess that's kind of like Denethor. Yeah, that, I mean, it is a funny thought. They're all kind of fucked in the head, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's it's not really a moment to like humanize Denethor necessarily, or to be like, oh yeah, it's right. It it's kinda, not like it's. It kind of feels like it's trying to be a little bit. A little bit, yes. Which they do for that whole fucking family. <laughs> That's the whole family. Yeah. For real. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yes. Like, I guess, I guess it is kind of doing double duty because, because yeah, on the one hand, you're like, oh, okay, like it. it it, it it does kind of frame Denethor in a, a little bit of a different light, but um, but I don't know. I guess I still feel like Denethor does it out of like hopelessness, and and not only that, but he like he doesn't give Faramir a choice. You know, it's like um, if if Pippin could like will it or push a button and, and have Mary teleport there, I don't think he would do it. I don't think he would necessarily be like, oh yeah, I wish Mary could be here so like we could die together. It's no. more like, I wish Mary came with us so we could be together at the end. Yeah. I think yes. there's a difference. No, I... I, yeah, I he misses his right. friend. He do, Yes, yes. Right. Where So so it's... It, all, all I mean is like, Denethor is selfish and Pippin is selfless. Even though yes. they want kind of the same thing, I think there's a difference in their intent. Yeah, no, I I, I think it, it both uh, come from a similar like impulse, you know. But it's 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 just how how that um, that impulse is acted upon or you know translated. Yeah. So I did like that moment, and I I guess I just feel like there's a bit of closure between Pippin and Denethor there too, because obviously Mary and Theoden have like their whole thing, and they get to have like a conversation together as Theoden's dying, or but like Pippin and Denethor don't really have that moment. Like Denethor fucking goes nuts and burns himself alive, and Pippin's just like like wow that was fucked up, you know? Yeah. But now here, like he kind of gets a moment of like closure where where that that arc is is like fully done for Pippin here in this moment. So I like that that was included. Yeah, absolutely. And 
My only other note was just touching on Baragond. Uh, yeah, I, I believe being killed by the troll and um, Pippin sort of immediately being knocked out. And then, yeah, he, he hears the eagles are coming. I don't actually even have a note where I'm like commenting on it or anything. It's just more like I... I guess I wanted to make sure that we... It's like, one... We had a lot of moments of being like, man, Baragon's pretty cool, you know? And yeah, and now it's like, guy. damn, like, I, I did have a feeling that Baragon was going to die, but I thought it would have been against Denethor. So when it didn't happen there, I was like, oh, I guess he's fine. But he's not fine. He dies here instead. <laughs> Somewhat unceremoniously. I, I still, yes. Yeah, it, it, I think that's what's bothering me is that it's so unceremonious. Um but the, the language can be interpreted as he's knocked down uh, and beaten, but not outright killed, because it also says that the troll's going to go and, like, bite his throat as they do, apparently. Hmm. And that's when Pippin steps in to stab it in the throat or something. It's stab it in the mouth. And that's when he gets uh, to do... I feel like it's a similar... under the under the, the dead troll. It's a similar um, thing as, as last episode when like they like everyone just assumed that Eowyn died, right? Right, yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of where The I'm language was here. kind of unclear. Um, so, so, so I can kind of see how you would you know, kind of be um, in the dark on that, which, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that's true. I think the word that really stands out to me, actually, is that it says the great troll chief that smote him. I feel like smote is also... Oh, uh, yeah, smote. Where is that? Means... It, just before, oh, it yeah. says, right, and yeah, he fell, and the great troll chief that smote him yep, down bent over him. Yeah. So, that's... Yeah, I, that's, I, that, that's more final. It is still pretty, like, flowery language, so it, there could be some, you know, like poetic license there but but to me it feels like he's dead yeah yeah unfortunate he was a good guy he was and on that note of it being kind of unceremonious it's like i agree it's like if baragon was gonna die anyways i feel like it may have been more impactful if he died during the denethor confrontation you know it's like mm-hmm he was fighting them anyways. Denethor was fighting the other two guards and Denethor himself. It's like, why not have Denethor be the one to, like, stab Baragon through the heart from behind or something? Or, you know, like, why not Why not give that to an actual character rather than just, like, a cave troll did it? Yeah. I don't know. It... That it's the reality of war, I guess. And yeah. I, I, when that happens, that's kind of what I file it under when stuff like this happens. It's just life isn't as always as poetic as you want it to be. No, it's not. But I mean, we are reading a story, not watching and, a documentary. Yeah. And I, no, you're right. I think if you want to make that point, like, like if you want to have that story beat, you kind of have to acknowledge that. Oh, this is a hero that didn't get a hero's death, or it didn't get. Like, you have to. That has to be in the text for it to, you know, mean something, right? Like, you you can, you can subvert expectations, but you you can't. Um, 
you know do it without uh without referencing it i guess mm-hmm. yeah i get what you mean there it, it feels kind of like glossed over mm-hmm. which which i don't care yeah. i don't because i i don't feel anything about this guy but, but just, <laughs> you fuck <know>. you <laughs> Uh, but but no, I I get you right. It's like Baragond, he's not really like a character, but like, but he's been around enough that yeah. I just felt like it seemed like, come on, you're gonna kill him anyways. So like, why no, I here? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, um, uh, my yeah. last note here is just like questions I had at the end of the chapter: Is Pippin dead? Is Baragond dead? Because we we kind of covered that one. Uh, what of the battles? It's kind of like when Bilbo gets knocked out of the Battle of the Five Armies, like halfway through the battle, like true. before the Fifth Army even showed up. That's true. And That's then, a good comparison. And then, uh, what of the Eagles? We just know they're coming. Yeah. We, what of them? How did they arrive? Who called them? Were they called? Did they see? Did they see orcs come into battle and were just like, "Let's fuck shit up. Let's fuck some sh- some orc shit up." Yeah. I I, I kind of assumed that they were that, that that they came in to uh to fight with the seagulls. <laughs> the eagles want the elves to stay in the forest, so they that's come their war. Defeat the, <laughs> defeat the seagulls. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, Legolas is probably really freaking out right now. No, um, but if, you know, for real, if these are the eagles that I'm thinking of, and not I'm not talking about the band, but if these are the guys that I'm thinking of, I am excited that they are back. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I think I think you have reason to be excited, Connor. But um, it, it does. Interested. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say something completely different. Well, I, I was only gonna say like I like what you were saying, Josh, about comparing this to Bilbo's perspective in the Battle of the Five Armies, and it just feels like Tolkien sort of setting this up as. Um, you know, I think like what you're saying is is this is probably a lot further along in the conclusion of the next book we're about to be reading as well. And so I think Tolkien's Tolkien's reasoning for having Pippin lose consciousness and like losing that point of view character is like you know, he he's going to want to come back to like this moment and give the reader like that final explanation of what happens here at the end of the story, even though we're really halfway through the book. Yep. So what I was going to say is I, I'm be interested watching the movie. If Baragon is even a character mm. in the Peter Jackson movie, because I would never have figured out if he was actually a guy watching it way back 10 years ago. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, it's going, it's going to be interesting when we can sit down and watch this sometime in March, I assume. Yeah, probably April. Let's be honest. Um, make it May just in case. <laughs> that way, where you know the weather's better. We'll see. We'll see. We're I I really we are not that far away. Honestly, we really are. No, not. it it doesn't look. It looks like we're like maybe <laughs> five weeks. I would say. Yeah. No, it looks like we're only that far. But when you actually like, like cut out all the appendices I, i'm holding up my book to the camera like this is all we have left to read yeah the, yeah no honestly we're, 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 I think over, we'll be we're done. over halfway through the book yes we'll we'll be done by the last week in february we'll be done by the end of february as long as we stay on the schedule and read each week yes 
Uh, there's 11. No, 9. My bad. I, I did Roman numerals wrong there for a second. There are 9 chapters, so that is 5 weeks. We can have our final discussion after reading the ninth chapter, and yeah, that's going to probably be a long one. Because we'll have to discuss our, in, our feelings of the entire uh, uh, trilogy. Yeah, Connor's going to have a lot to say. I, I have uh, so many notes. I just have like I have a, I have notebooks full of, of notes. I'm we excited. Start, we should probably start that episode early or something. We should plan ahead but, to yeah. We should actually we we we, we should, we should be starting that episode like tomorrow. Honestly, <laughs> we'll be fine. Just an yeah, ongoing thing. So. Yeah, I guess the only other thing to mention here is uh, not only, uh, yeah, are, are we finishing this chapter, but we're finishing this book of Return of the King, book five of The Lord of the Rings, which means we we truly only have one book left. Yeah, that's that's actually wild to think about. Yeah. It's been a long road, Weird. boys. It has been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, but it's and and you know, when did we start? We don't know exactly um, how this will play out in in the book itself. But when we read the two towers and the stories were split into those two neat halves, um, you know, Connor, we kind of felt like, hey. That that first that first half of the two towers is really grand and, and epic, um, but it's a lot of like the the major conflicts and 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 uh, you know sort sort of on that that much greater scale. Which it's like that's all well and good, but sometimes the way that Tolkien writes about it is actually drags on for a long time and it's kind of boring. And and we actually felt a little bit more engaged in the latter half because that was. That had to do with the whole dynamic between Frodo and Sam and Gollum, and yeah. I guess I just wonder if we're we're essentially in store for something similar because this first book does kind of feel like the first book of the Two Towers to me, and in, in like what it does and and what Tolkien chooses to focus on, and it just feels like it would make sense for this final book, which is very obviously going to be focusing on Frodo and Sam to like maybe have some of those more grounded character dynamic sort of moments that that I think you you were more interested yeah in. yeah no I definitely hope so um I you know not that I haven't enjoyed this first book but uh but I mean yeah it's it it's it's really it hasn't been great I don't know um it might might yeah might be on par for me with the first book of uh the two towers I'm not sure but um but if if the trend continues then i'm i am excited to get some some you know not even just between frodo and sam but some some real character moments which we have you know kind of seems like the the pattern for for this first book is like the first half like you know chapters are usually like the first half of the chapter is um either action or walking from from point a to point b and all the description that comes with it and the second half is like a few cool character moments, and like those are the, those are the parts of the book that I'm really clinging to. And but it's hard to kind of 
it, you know, it's a little bit like Whiplash, where you know, it's like every chapter yeah. you you're like, you dive back into the scenery and then chew on that for <laughs> for a little bit, and then finally you have a you know a conversation between Aragorn and you know Gandalf or whatever. Yeah, I get that. And Josh, I think it's also uh, you and I have sort of been looking forward to this, not just for the ending of the book, obviously, but. As people who are a little bit more familiar with the movies, we felt like the little, ending of the two towers. <laughs> yes, but the the ending of the two towers book with Frodo and Sam felt very different than what we were expecting, and so I I guess I it, it, it kind of seems to follow like we we don't exactly know how this story is going to pick up. I think right, right, yeah, I. Honestly, it's been so long, I've already forgotten how the, the Two Towers movie ended. Well, that was that was with, um, yeah, like Frodo still oh, they paralyzed got... from Shelob's poison, and, and he was captured. Well, that's how the book ends. They didn't even get the Shelob in the movie. No, that's I'm not talking about the movie, though. I'm talking about the book, right. saying, saying that the no, that, way I... the book ends is very different from what yes. we know from the movies. Yes, no, that I was I was mostly like freezing up because I couldn't remember how the movie was in relation to the book. And I remembered where the I could remember where the book ended with with Sam chasing Frodo to uh uh it's actually the name of the next chapter. I dropped my book. Well it's not um, really my point is that because the way the two towers book ends Sorry. differently than what we're familiar with it feels like it would follow that the beginning of would this yes. next book is going to be different for us as well yes i see i know what you're saying but counterpoint i don't remember it, anything from the movie aside from a few choice scenes and memes so i don't know what to expect so it's not like I, there's anything to be different from at the moment for me. Um, it's just the next part of the story that I don't remember from the movie. I honestly, what I know of the, of the movie is that battle that we just, we just read. And then with Sam and Frodo, it's, we're just cutting right to a very important part, um, high up in a hot place. And Yeah. I, I don't want to say too many spoilers because Connor, I know, isn't fully aware. Um, right. Gotcha. But the thing is, we may be talking about that in two or three weeks, not five. Well, we'll so, see. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? The uh, I do know I've heard that there is a whole sequence that got cut from the movies that just is completely different from how things go in the movies. So I'm interested to see what that's about. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for book six and I'm excited to finish out this book. I was just checking while you were talking with Connor. We started the fellowship of the rings, uh, the fellowship of the ring in Mar March 21st of 2023. So it's been, we're, we're going to, are you it's serious? Gonna take us almost exact. It's going to take us about a full year to uh if we keep our schedule wait when did we start fellowship F the first recording of fellowship of the ring was march 21st 2023 oh, that, that was so, fellowship not the hobbit 
Correct. The Hobbit. Wow. I did check that too. We started The Hobbit January third of last year. That's fucking so insane. We've, we've we've been reading reading Tolkien verse for over a year now, and if we hold our schedule, we will be finishing the two, the Return of the King about when we started Fellowship a year later. Jesus Christ. Oh, so so that would average out to be about uh, four months a book for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Which I hope our, I hope feels our next like go a little faster. Well, the thing is, too, is like we know that given our reading schedule, that's not really how long it takes us to read a book. There's just, also certainly plenty of time in between. Oh, yeah. You know, that, sporadically. We've, but we've skipped some weeks. We've gone on vacations or people got sick. Yeah. And uh, but, but still, yeah, to to yeah. have a full plus year. We've reading, plus, we're reading two chapters at a time. And I hope we we can go a little meteor chunks oh, yeah. in the next in the next books whatever we choose yeah i agree two chapters was definitely the right call for the world of the rings though for and the hobbit they, they are just such dense chapters yeah no i mean it's it's just a matter of adjusting to whatever it is we're reading and you know historically yeah. for those who don't know we really actually did this in five chapter increments which which does sound crazy i mean like if we did that for I mean, you, started, rings, like, like, you guys started that in dune dudes with with the uh, Dune and the yeah, Dune saga, that's, that's right. That, and I, that was a crazy and those thing are, to do. Yeah, yeah, and no wonder you guys couldn't keep up a weekly schedule, but you still got through it. We pretty much so, did. We didn't you. really. We didn't ever take take too long we, I, between. We did do pretty episodes. good. Yeah. Uh, and then and then we did uh, Hitchhiker's Guide, and that was such a crapshoot. It was either like sixty pages or six. Yeah. So. That was fun. <laughs> And, and that's what it made sense. And, and then you made the right call. I, I was like, we should maybe do three. No, you did. You had the right call with two. Yeah, yeah that, that that was the move. Well, I'm so. excited. You know, it feels like, obviously, like it now. Now that we kind of have have the end of uh, this in sight, we also there's there's kind of this feeling of like, hey, what's next? Um, Update your reading lists. That'll be interesting and, hey, to talk if you're, about. If you, I'm excited yeah. to get there. If you sign up on Patreon, we do give the uh, the listening audience on Patreon a chance to vote on our next books. We do, That's right? Yeah, they. Hey, e- even if you just send us an email or tweet at us, you know, I'll, I'll at least put it into consideration. <laughs> yes, it won't be a full vote, but but it'll be in the in the conversation. Yeah, we'll, it'll be, we'll it'll be like the, the representative. It'll be like the representative of DC in the the House of Representatives. They don't have a real vote, but they have a voice. Yeah, yeah pretty there much. Well, hey. um... Uh, so, so yeah, next time we'll be talking about the first two chapters of the final book of Lord of the Rings, book six of Return of the King, chapters the final, one and two. The final book of the third book of the of the second book. Of the yeah, right. Of Red the, book. That's exactly so. right, Josh. Thank you for correcting him. Um, All right, Connor, take us away. Yeah, so, it, you know, as mentioned, uh, if you enjoy what you hear, you can go and uh check us out on patreon.com slash chapter chomps to support us uh that would be much appreciated and vote um if you want to follow us on social media we are at chapter chomps on both twitter and instagram um you can email us at chapter at gmail.com if you have any uh thoughts about our thoughts on lord of the rings or eggs um we we promise to answer every email um 
if uh, if if you know you're feeling very generous and and like to review things, please go ahead and go on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a nice review. Uh, that would mean a lot to us. Um, and while you're at it, rate us five stars because that's that's the highest they let you go. If you if you tried for six, they would. I was about to say no. Go go for seven. Yeah, I, I mean. I, I would but they but they don't let you and then and then they get mad at you if you try if if you write if you email them right. and say hey I tried to do seven stars they get mad at you um so yeah five stars it is and uh you know most importantly until next time animig <laughs> oh yeah